0: Good morning, Good morning. Um, plan has changed again, we are not finishing of <laughs> uh, First Corinthians, one more week, this is second to nine, and the reason why I decided to do it this way is um, we wanted to do s- some recap uh, at the night of our theme, True Spirituality the question that underlies uh, all through the problems of Corinthian church was what is true spirituality? What does it look like when you're really spiritual? So we want to do a a little bit of recap on that. Um, Although the final greeting has some meaty words as well. Surprisingly, once again, God's word, even though these few sentences about household Stephanus and two other brothers, so much meaningful lessons for us. But as usual, I want to approach this text, not just of uh, head knowledge, information, and even theological background or historical background of it, but let's approach this because if God's word is relevant, we don't have to make it relevant. And we've seen that uh, there's a proven track record of First Corinthians being sounds like a first Californians to us. The question that I'm raising in the context of this uh, story that mentioning of some brothers' names is a leadership culture should I say, leadership crisis in local churches these days. And not to mention moral failures of the church leaders uh, or lack of integrity or greediness and all that is there. But I'm looking at more of a leadership in the context of our culture. Very much of an individualistic, democratic uh, processes and the culture. So what are some reasons I thought about that would be a good context for us? There's at least five common reasons for leadership crisis in a spiritual community. Number one is an unhealthy emphasis on positional leadership and authority. Now this, is a, this is a no-brainer for a church like us. The young generations hate Just organizational hierarchy, Catholics, uh, absolute power, as a bishops, even Pope, and you you go on and on. And absolute power usually leads to absolute corruption. Um, Maybe in our days, we could think about the CEO model of a megachurch and that the church point leader or senior pastor would have all the political power of decision-making, and because of that, that authority is imposed on that position. It is a problematic. Second common reason is an unhealthy emphasis on the other spectrum of that democratic leadership and process. So our generation learned about uh, democracy and then it is the people's church and sometimes to an extreme uh, point, some churches do away with the clergy. There is no need for full-time pastors. We are all brothers and sisters and there is no full-time paid staff. And the Brethren Church has a good spirit of that, but in it, the spin of it is there is a cynicism about any kind of clergy mentality. Maybe because of the, the baggages that we bring, we might have questions about the people who have a positional power. But it is biblical. When you look at Book of Acts and even First Corinthians, the authority of a spiritual leader was critical. Not just the apostles, but even pastors. What does it mean to belong to a church? It means surrendering yourself to the community and to the authority of eldership or the church leadership. So our generation needs to learn this side of, and then basically what happens is this is becomes a uh, the majority rule is god 's rule never remember when uh, ten spies were sent to to Canaan to, uh, to find out to scope out before the Israelites go into the promised land and out of out of twelve uh, uh, leaders and spies, young leaders went and ten came back and saying we can't do it, they are like giants we are grasshoppers only Joshua and Caleb, minority opinion, God has given us this land we are, we can take over this land they are our prey P-R-E-Y They didn't listen to it. So because of disbelief and lack of trust, the Israelites wandered 40 years in the wilderness. So sometimes the democratic rule and majority rule is very unhealthy in terms of spiritual discernment and deleting. Number three, common reason for leadership crisis is a lack of self initiative, or should I say, willing spirit to emulate and submit to spiritual leadership, leaders. Who are your spiritual mentors, if I ask? the Typically, majority people answer someone far away, either someone who never met because of the book author or sometimes it could be a very famous speaker preachers and they are exceptional leaders but it's a keep us some distance but this is what unwillingness to submit to the the spiritual authority, spiritual leaders is among our community who are you respecting, who are you following, who are you submitting That put, putting yourself under the person, his or her leadership. Number four is a lack of real-life examples of godly spiritual leadership. That's a flip side of problem, right? We want to follow, but what does it look like to be a man, to be a godly man? I still remember meeting up with a young um, couple who just got married, and then, for some reason, I remember that Burger King, of all places we met at Burger King, and he said, Pastor Paul, I really don't know what godly men looks like. I didn't grow up in church, and I don't know that many of older people. So he was kind of gleaning on. Uh, we would appreciate to learn something, not only how to be a good Christian but how to be a godly father. What does it look like? What does a husband that follows Christ look like? And even even in our church, um, our demographic, the age, the bracket is so narrow. I even long for that. Do you know that I go to monthly a uh, pastors' meeting, gathering, just to be with brothers who are older than me. To listen to them. And one of them is 75, 76, retiring from his voluntarily honorable exit. And just every time he opens his mouth, I learn something. Fifth and lastly, is the overall problem, a lack of clear vision. For every member ministry. Especially when you have the mentality of, if you grew up in church, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a clergy, I'm just a lay person. Or if you grew up in a very innovative, uh, modern, contemporary church, there's a pastor who is professional in that field, either worship ministry, or singles ministry, or couples ministry, counseling ministry. I'm not a paid staff. I'm just a mere volunteer. By the way, language is important. We don't have a volunteers at our church. So when you get to get together with your family and in-laws and extended family, you don't look for volunteers. Okay, who, who's so and so available? Who's available? So even to today, when you go upstairs and for lunch, our common lunch, enjoy the lunch. There is no breakdown team. We are all to take part in that, help out. Of course, the people who have a baby, they need to free to go. Don't worry about it. Because that's the love principle. That's what you would do when you go to your family gathering. So, the reason why I went through these, as you deal with me. This is very relevant current right now. But this is also Corinthian problems. The question that we're simply asking what are practical lessons about not only leading but following in a spiritual community. And this simple few sentences helps us tremendously. There are four lessons at least. Let me begin with the first one. Lesson number one in following and leading in a spiritual community is devotion to serve God's people. Um, these are the lessons or the points that we need to follow. As an example, good example. Verse fifteen. Now urge you, brothers, you know that the household of Stephanas were the first converts in Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the service of saints. Achaia is basically southern part of modern Greece, and Macedonia is the northern part, and Achaia, obviously Corinth and Athens, uh, located in the Achaia, uh, scholars will say, "Oh, there are some other individuals who, who came to be a Christian before Stephanus." But the word "household" kind of clarifies as a family. This this word is from the word um, oikas, Greek, Greek "oikos." Um, Hawaiians will say "ohana," right? So it's kind of re- extended implication of a family not just the immediate your wife and your your husband and children but the people who journey with you and back then obviously servants who living with you the people who are extended family living with you the whole household came to know christ and they were the first fruits basically first fruits always an indicator is what the quality of that harvest will look like Paul came to Corinth and looking for church planting work. And then God gave him encouragement by giving him the household of Stephanas because the quality of Stephanas was exceptional. What is exceptional about him? Pay attention to the, to the word devoted themselves to the service of of the saints. If you have a old King James Bible, it's kinda funny to see that the word devoted is translated as addicted. Addicted them to the service of the saints. So it it has all kinds of implication about what addiction looks like. I, I like the healthy way of looking at devoting is a, is a, has a concept of returning over and over your heart is always there it's not a once uh, a year one, once a quarter type of volunteer spirit Stephanus somehow wanted continually serve seek others edification building up others And I just said uh, leadership and followership, followership, the culture, right? One would think that, oh, Paul mentioning I "May mean, he must be an elder. He could have been by this time. But when he became a convert and he was a follower and church didn't exist, and the, as they're building the church together, he was just merely a follower or a member. So he did not need a title or position, or others asking. In our culture, somebody, some people do that, right? I know how to do this, but I'm gonna wait until they ask. The laptop crashes all the time, you know. I'm just kidding. We have a lot of techie people who are helping us with that laptop um, technical problem. Notice that Stefanes. Did not wait for title to come, for position to come, for people to ask. And notice also, unlike the apostles or teachers, it was not a, his ministry was not in limelight. And I'd call this people ministry behind the scene, encouraging. And giving spiritual direction to each other. Helping. Comforting. Praying. And visiting. The point number one that we need to take a look at. Is a healthy spiritual community. Healthy church. Have these people, we need these people, who don't have a title, but who are eager, who are devoted to seek others' edification, others' growth, and they're really true unsung heroes. I, 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 I kid you not. When we go to the judgment seat at the cross. I mean, at the the judgment day, as God reveals the prizes and Christ gives us his affirmation, I think we would be surprised. There will be so many servant leaders who were invisible in light of public eyes who will be greatly praised. Well done, my good and faithful servant. So, as we listen to this, let's look at two different directions. If you're leading anything, think about whether you are continually devoted, to helping others without much of a recognition, public recognition. That's another reason that we don't do volunteer appreciation banquet at our church. (laughs) Because we don't have volunteers. But as a follower, do I continually devote myself to do people ministry? Lesson number, well, it comes from the First Peter four ten says, as, "As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace." The reason why the reason why I quoted that verse is that this is for everyone. Not spiritually elite people, the spiritually so much of a knowledgeable, leaders only, men and women, new Christians and old. Lesson number two. Oh, before that. This, the whole thing uh, uh, reminded me about J. Oswald Sanders. I would highly recommend this. this. This will change your life. I'd say that too many books about that too many books. <laughs> Spiritual leadership. It's a classic. I still remember during the college ministry and back then Taco and Janet and Jessica and Brian and Some guys went through this book together. I still remember that vivid. From that book, there are so many golden nuggets of wisdom there. This is one of them. J. Oswald Sanders writes, The true leader is concerned primarily with the welfare of others, not with his own comfort or prestige. He shows sympathy for the problems of others, but his sympathy fortifies and stimulates, it does not soften or make weak. A spiritual leader will always direct the confidence of others to the leaders and to the Lord. Which means is that when we are really serving others for the, for, for the sake of their edification, their attention goes to God whether then we don't become important to them. When we become too important to them, it's called the codependency. You, you seek your own self-worth by being needed. Lesson number two. Willing submission to spiritual leaders. And having said that quality of Stephanas and his household... Apostle Paul urges and commands, be subject to such as these and to every fellow worker and laborer. More modern translation will say something like a follow or respect. But there is a connotation that putting yourself under the leadership of someone, authority of someone, there is no way that we could get around it. Because the word submission is a dirty word for our generation. Because everyone is equal. and Why do I have to submit? So whenever we go over premarital counseling and the wife's primary duty is to to submit your husband, there is a little bit of shaking going on. So think about it. Or even before that, is a mutually submit to one another. Submit to Christ. Submit to the leaders. Submit to authority that God has given to the government. Which means that, that submission came out of holy triune relationship, Trinity of God, to submit to each other. This is a beautiful harmony and unity that comes as an example for us. It doesn't make us less person. It doesn't make us not as equal as the other person. But it shows our respect for God eventually, ultimately. And guess what? It is good for your soul, your spirit. Anyone who knows me, I'm a maverick in a heart. I'm an independent leader. I'm a go-getter. So, uh, I don't like to submit. <laughs> but if you pray for me and concerned about my spiritual welfare, you need to constantly ask for, uh, keep me accountable for, Paul, who are you submitting yourself to? Who are you going for feedback? And be teachable. Be sponge to them. As I told you, my brother is, comes, comes number one whenever I have a problem. He's only a one and a half year older than me. But now, as I willfully bowed, I learned so much. And because of my submission to, to his leadership, you guys benefited a lot about all the other things that I'm learning from them. Another one is Alan Fadling, my spiritual director. Another one is the pastor's gathering once a month. The brothers that I... And you, you guys met Bill and Christy Couture, who are the leaders of that as well. Can I ask you, just point blank, who do you go to to learn? Who do you go to? Not, not just to have one of the opinions that you will look at, and you could get a lot of internet opinion that way also too, but who do you go to? Could you discern spirits leading in my heart? Am I listening right? That doesn't doesn't mean that you give them ultimate authority to lead you. God only can do that. And you need to discern that. Some of the leaders, well-meaning leaders, may make a mistake. But it's the idea of a teachability. Going to the person. Like when um, Hebrews 13, 7 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls... In other words, this is good for you. Your cynicism is bad for you. As those who will have to give an account, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. I know some of you never grew up in that culture asking for a spiritual mentor. You might have a career mentor. Keep a distance and they kind of give you good feedback, pointers. But when it comes to spiritual mentors, we we become idealistic. Looking for perfect person who is uh, much older than you. And that's the first thing that I felt. Ellen Fadley was only two, three years older than me and my brother was only two years older than me, I was looking for someone who has white hair, kind of exudes this wisdom whenever he says. So my pastoral encouragement to you, there might be at least one person who is just a step ahead of you spiritually. And you need to submit to them. And I have a good news. The assessment through this passage, our, our church culture is very healthy. Because I know that our home group leaders and our elders do not demand authority positionally. They're humble leaders. They're tireless serving people who have earned the, the respect. I still remember one, one meeting that I was uh, in a home group, when North uh, group was one of the own group, one of the brothers said, um, uh, whatever the decisions you guys make, I trust you. Because I think you guys are three men, referring to our elders back then, now it's four, including me five. You guys are three men that I respect the most in this life in this world. Wow. That's what it ought to be. Because of humble leadership, humble servant leadership. But at the same time there is a two points to that, right? The leadership authority is not demanded, it is earned through humble service, but at the same time, to all of us, Apostle Paul is encouraging and urging to have a willing heart to submit to somebody. So I think, you know, our home group leaders, uh, our women's group leaders and men's group leaders, or men and women who doesn't who don't have any titles. We have plenty of good examples exist. And go to them. So you don't even have to have a formal relationship of uh, can we do six weeks' mentoring relationship and we evaluate. We live together. So just get, get together, buy my coffee, buy her coffee. Number three, lesson is refreshing, encouraging other spirit. I, I thought about maybe the ministry of encouragement or something like that. I I like the expression, refreshing my spirit. Paul says. One of the qualifications, the reasons that he urges uh, the Corinthian church. Uh, the Corinthian Christians to give honor and acknowledgement and recognize them is this I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus because they have made up for your absence for they refreshed my spirit as well as yours these three men are most likely the letter carrier to, to Paul uh, the first, the Corinthian church had a problems, and they have written down their problems and questions to Paul, and they carry that. Have you ever been refreshed by someone? You know, um, I have a several occasions of that. But when you when you think about the person who is refreshing you, there is a attentiveness of focusing on your knees, and they're meeting your knees holistically. I still remember this brother was just ch- ch- taking me out to lunch, and you know I love food, right? So my love language is food, and he. Keeps on asking questions. And I could even name some people. And this is really good opportunity for our application also too. Wade is always that person for me. So I try to do, do that same thing with Wade. But you know, three of our missionary families, they all gonna kind of swing by here. Either this year, this next month, Bob and Grace has a home assignment. And one of the first steps that he's going to make, they're going to make, whole family, uh, is our church. And July 5th, or you know that, July 4th weekend Sunday, they will be here. But we're trying to get together with them with a the f- coffee and dessert. So think about this. They're going to do this. Home assignment is basically, they're going to meet up with so many supporters in so many churches and speaking and sharing. and te- that's, that, that's really tiring. How about we become proactive? How do we refresh them? They must be tired. Living in Thailand that many years and their kids graduated from high school and now they're attending college now. The youngest one at home Wade and Helen, the following week, they're gonna be here for two weeks. And Wade already, remember refreshing things? Paul, I would love to relieve you one Sunday. I'll preach. I would love to preach for you. So you go, Yes! <laughs> so he'll be speaking on the second Sunday that he's gonna be here. I just want to welcome them. And boy and Cindy will be here next year. Starting February, March, two month, whole two months. Remember the special fund, and you're going to get a report from our elders. The vast majority of that fund was allocated for boys in this two month stay, housing and their living cost here. Plenty of opportunity for you to refresh them. It requires. A generous heart. I'm talking about not necessarily materialistic way things. Generous heart that you want to give and you you want to meet. Where is the thirst? Spiritually, emotionally? Oh, boy and Cindy, I don't want to exaggerate their report, but they went through a lot. Cindy still has that heart problem. We don't know exactly what it is. It's a concerning. And I just Skype with uh, Bo and Mia came on Skype. You know, hair loss that she, they're talking about, it's very visible for, for me to not to mention that it was a little difficult. And she notices herself. But if we become self-absorbed, oh, missionaries come, I'm, I'm going to ask them a lot of questions about my life and you know, let, okay, let's meet up. And I, my convenient time is this hour. It's focused on their needs, going to their turf, meeting their specific needs. How will you do that? So when we do build a church and spiritual community, these are kingdom builders. We need them so desperately in our church because there are tireless workers starting with our elders. Behind the scene, I, 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 at least I get to see you in front of you and you get to see much of my direct work. finally, Lesson number four is honoring and emulating servant leaders. The the last part of the verse 18, give recognition to such people. Other translations will say, these people deserve recognition. Or other NIV probably said, acknowledge these leaders. There are two aspects of it in this. The recognition is honoring. But like I said, we don't need banquet for them to embarrass them kind of cheapen their service to the Lord ultimately. It's just showing genuine respect. That honoring has to be there. Once again, they might not have titles at our church But to begin with, your home group leaders, your men's group and women's group leaders, your children's ministry leaders, when was the last time you said thank you for what you do? I want to honor you. The second aspect is you recognize. It, the, the, the root word... The lexicon has this getting to know better, getting to know exactly. So you are looking for the leaders to emulate. This is kind of recognition that you will do. You recognize the person that you want to follow. You want to continually seek mentoring relationship without even the name of mentoring. Have you recognized them? And once again, not in the East Coast, not in the book, and not in the TV or radio, but right here among us. Isn't it really encouraging to see this... Organic harmony is there because of there is a genuine, humble service that earns the respect from the community, and at the same time, the, each member has this teachability, humility to follow, rather than cynicism about authority. And that, that leadership and ministry of a healthy culture is what we really need. And so far, I think that our church has been really fruitful in that. I, I am deeply grateful for elders and our children's ministry workers, our welcome team leaders, our people who are leading behind the scene, and women and men. And then as, as you notice, there's a rotation going on because of sharing of leadership is part of way to develop in-house leaders, right? So thank you for those of you who for the first time led Exodus study, and thank you for those of you led, took the rotation and, and said, okay, I'll try and led women's group and men's group. It is good for the body, healthy for us. these four lessons are very relevant to us and in closing I just want to end with uh, two verses other than the Philippians 4.9 or uh, Thessalonians first Thessalonians 5.12 5, okay, these two verses what I'm about to share is kind of summarize recapitulize the point of that healthy culture we talked about First, let's pay attention to our own following uh, and, and then at the same time being an example for others to follow. None other than Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 10 through 13 and 14. He writes to his mentor and spiritual son Timothy, young Timothy. About his concerns for the the corruption of the world. Troubled times. But verse 10 he writes. You however have followed my teaching. My conduct. My aim in life. My faith and my practice. My love. My steadfastness. And he even mentions the verse that I took out because of your the the space of our one slide, is a suffering. You saw my suffering. So in, in other words, this is not you do what I say, not what I actually do. Paul is saying, the things that intentionally taught you, yeah, yes, follow that. But things that you caught when I am not intentionally teaching you in my life, in my value, in my conduct, in my even taking the suffering, you follow me. Don't follow them. That's one way to really look at um, following our leaders when we recognize them. Let me give you a just practical tip on the following. You know, when I, when I met up with Alan Fadling or uh, a Bill or, or, or my brother, one thing, something I had to do is I'd set aside idealism. They do have a flaws. And actually, there are some things that I'm better than them. But the idea is I'm voluntarily willfully and willingly submit to be, ta- to be taught and to be, to be led by them how about as a leader's point of view 1 Peter 5 verse 2 and 3 and let's not look at it as only elders job but everybody mutual ministry mutuality in a healthy spiritual community. Verse 2. Apostle Peter writes this time. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Exercising oversight. Not under compulsion. But willingly. As God would have you. Not for shameful gain. But eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge. But being example to the flock maybe we need to start practicing, practicing this very thing at our home to our, church, to our children first and for those of you who have a growing children like, like us and when they come, come to teenagers and they change Very drastically. They don't listen to our words anymore. They pay attention. Very with a keen mind. that They watch every move that we do. Whether there is an incongruence. And whether there is a lack of integrity in anywhere. If we break promises. They will remember it. So instead of. I mean my way of. Be quiet. Just do it. Because I said so you don't need any other but I need to be gentle not domineering even with the teenagers respect their individuality and then let's make that into our community and brothers and sisters who are coming in who has all kinds of needs and we need to go to them not demanding authority and and not using our position to lead them but love them as Jesus had loved us and then sisters and brothers we will see contagious healthy culture continually growing that we will be a salty community bright community with the light of Christ Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for disclosing words. words. In spite of so many times we just zoomed through it as if just a part of the greeting and mentioning some names. Thank you for these four clear, relevant lessons for our community. As we lead and follow We pray that you will continually guide us and protect us from the evil one. And may this culture, healthy culture, be contagious among us in every home group, every man's group, every woman's group, and even to our next neighbors. And as we anticipate communion, we look to you with our brokenness, our inadequacy and our sinful, wicked heart Lord Jesus have mercy on us teach us to lean hard on you and that is our prayer for every single member of this church may the Lord keep you and bless you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.